Welcome, one and all, to a brand new edition of the Royal Ramble Podcast. I am your host, as always, Blaine the Brain, and it is Survivor Series Sunday. Today we are talking all about the WWE's latest premium live event, which actually happened late last night from the TD Bank North Garden in Boston, and it was War Games themed. I'm usually not a fan of these themed pay-per-views, but this one is a decent throwback, and I think Survivor Series is as good a place as any for a match of this nature, and it's all about survival of the fittest. When you talk about war, I gotta say, good God, y'all, what is it good for? The usual response to that question is absolutely nothing, but not in this case. The War Games matches are basically designed to settle long feuds. It was a concept created by Dusty Rhodes in the 80s and basically taken from the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome movie starring Mel Gibson and Tina Turner. It worked very effectively in its early years, but some of the later WCW ones weren't nearly as good and even the WWE ones pale in comparison to the originals. But last night's two matches weren't bad, especially the men's match. But I won't spoil too much too soon. Let's get into the event with my full recap. The opening video intro was kind of cool. They used Ozzy Osbourne very effectively in pre-taped footage, similar to the use of LL Cool J at one of the WrestleManias a few years ago, and he basically let us in. Actually, Ozzy's song Parasite was the official theme for this year's Survivor Series. With two War Games matches on the card, you just knew one of them was going to start the show, and so it did. It was the women's War Games match featuring the team of Bayley, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky representing Damage Control, teaming with Nikki Cross, who is back to her former self, and I kind of find it weird that she is able to easily transition from sane to crazy and vice versa. And the fifth member of that squad was Rhea Ripley, who we actually rarely see in in in-ring competition anymore. They were opposed by the babyface team of Raw Women's Champion Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Mia Yim, who now has the nickname Meechin, and the woman making her much-anticipated return on SmackDown this past Friday, Becky Lynch. The man is back, and she clearly hasn't missed a step since her absence. Becky looked incredible in this match. So basically, one woman from each team starts the match. They'll wrestle for five minutes, and every two minutes thereafter, a single participant from one of the teams enters. This process continues until all ten women have entered the cage, and then, and only then, the match can be won by either pinfall or submission. Since the heel team in this case won their match on Raw, they have the numbers advantage until the final participant enters. Speaking of entrances, they took forever. My food had just arrived at the door at the start of the show, and I was almost halfway done by the time of the final entrance for this match. And of all the participants in this match, Becky was the only one who came out with her war face on. She looked intense. For some reason, Bianca came out and entered the cage smiling. Why would you be smiling for a match like this? This is the problem that I have with modern-day WWE or even modern-day wrestling in general. You are supposed to create the illusion. As fans, we know it's an act, but it's all about suspending disbelief. You need to live the gimmick. It's like if you're really into a movie and the characters are about to have some kind of battle and suddenly start laughing. It takes you right out of it. Same goes for those ridiculous pay-per-view panels they have every month. Those people treat what are supposed to be serious angles as total jokes sometimes. It's truly annoying. Anyway, I'll save the rest of that rant for another day. Perhaps I'll talk about it on one of my YouTube shorts. And for those of you who haven't yet seen it, I have posted my first short up this past week, so give it a watch. The link is somewhere in the Facebook group. 
Fortunately, Bianca's expression did change by the time the match started, and she got a little more serious, but it is the little things that matter the most sometimes. Bianca actually started the match against Dakota Kai from the other team. After the five-minute period, they were joined by Io Sky, who for some reason seemed to be having an off night. She had trouble delivering a couple of moves, and I guess this is what happens when you rely on too many pre-planned spots instead of just calling it in the ring. There was one instance where Io had Bianca down in the corner and attempted an elevated double knee attack, but couldn't quite execute the springboard each time, and it looked very awkward. Asuka was the next one in. She had a pretty nice exchange with Io, and this is when the match finally started building momentum and getting into the next level. Nikki Cross then entered, but before she did, she slammed the cage door right into Asuka's head, and then she started filling the cage with weapons from under the ring, and this is the point when I started uncontrollably rolling my eyes. For goodness sake, it's a cage match. It doesn't require extra gimmicks. But unfortunately, that's what we got. Bliss joined the match next, and then Nikki had the first crazy spot of the night, which is suitable for her gimmick. She climbed to the very top of the structure and dove off with a cross body onto all of the other participants, including members of her own team. Ordinarily, I'd have an issue with someone intentionally doing damage to their own teammates, but in this case, Nikki is supposed to be crazy, so I think it works since she's not supposed to know any better. Bailey comes out next and brings a ladder into the ring, so yet another gimmick. Meechin comes in for her team and brings in even more weapons, and it's getting ridiculous at this point. And then Rhea comes out last for her team, and I love this. She didn't bring in any weapons, but she didn't need to because she completely steamrolled through everybody, asserting dominance. Becky came out last and immediately went after damage control, seeking revenge for the trio putting her on the shelf several months ago. She singles out Bailey and takes her down, and then has a stare down with Rhea, similar to the one on SmackDown on Friday, and they seem to be building to something between those two, which I would be totally fine with. Before Becky can attack, Bailey distracts her from behind, allowing Rhea to get the advantage. Rhea delivers the riptide, but Asuka breaks the pin. Asuka then blasts Rhea with a face full of mist, basically taking her out of the match. Bailey then delivers the rose plant to Becky into the steel platform that connects the two rings. Then there was another insane spot where Io executes a moonsault from the top of the structure onto a standing Bel Air and I believe Bliss as well. Cross then tries to handcuff Bliss to the ropes, but Bliss fights back and ends up handcuffing herself to Cross for some reason, and then delivers an electric chair while the two are still handcuffed, which seems like it should hurt both of them equally, so not quite sure if I understood that logic. There was another great spot where Meechin has Rhea in a sleeper and has her back, so Rhea rushes them both into the corner and crashes through a table. The finish comes when Bianca and Becky square off with the three members of Damage Control. Bianca sets up both Dakota and Io on a table and then drives Bailey into the cage with a vertical KOD. Becky then scales to the top of the cage and comes crashing down on Dakota and Io with a leg drop through the table. And she rolls over to pin Dakota, winning the match for her team. It was a very unnecessarily plunder-filled match, but some spots were pretty enjoyable, and I think it was the right outcome as Becky needed a strong first win. Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman were backstage in the Bloodline office as Jey Uso walks in. Jey tries to convince Roman that Sami Zayn cannot be trusted and that he overheard Sami talking to Kevin Owens on SmackDown last week about betraying the Bloodline. Roman says he will speak to Sami one-on-one later on and find out for himself where his loyalties lie. Jey exits and Roman orders Heyman to get Sami Zayn. 
Finn Balor versus AJ Styles was up next, and one of the matches I was most looking forward to, though I wasn't crazy about both factions being out there. AJ immediately starts going after Finn's knee, and I thought Balor did a great job of selling the knee issues throughout the match. It wasn't a match that you would typically expect from these two, as it was a very slow and methodical pace, but I thought they told a good story, and it just goes to show how gifted both of these guys are, that they don't always need to go all out. They can work a safer match, and it can be just as enjoyable, which this one was. At one point, Dominic tripped up AJ from the outside, leading to the OC and Judgment Day factions brawling through the crowd and all the way to the back. Finn missed the coup de grace, but managed to roll through, only for AJ to catch him in the calf crusher. Finn got out of it by repeatedly slamming AJ's head into the canvas, but then AJ fired back and hit the phenomenal forearm for the clean win. I'm definitely happy about this outcome. AJ needed a strong win. He's been treated like a joke for the majority of the year. The SmackDown women's title match was up next and was the one that I was least looking forward to. I was planning on taking my bathroom break at this point, but I didn't need to as I was having connection issues and lost my feet a couple of times. But according to some of my Facebook friends, I didn't really miss much. I do like Shotzi. I think she has a ton of potential and a strong character, but you can't present someone as a jobber for so long and then think you can convince anyone that she's winning the title. And everyone should know how I feel about Ronda. I think this entire run has been a miserable failure, and this match may have just dotted that exclamation point. It was terrible. And sadly, Shotzi will probably get blamed for it. As expected, Shayna Baszler got involved, and there was one decent spot where Shayna and Ronda both ended up in the front row, and Shotzi delivered a crossbody off the barricade right into their seats, knocking the two of them and almost the entire row of fan plants down. There were also chants of We Want Sasha at one point, which can't be good for these two, but at least they were in Sasha's hometown, so I guess it wasn't that surprising. Back in the ring, Ronda arm drags Shotzi off the top rope. From there, she just hit the Piper's Pit and then locked in the armbar for the submission victory and proceeded to get booed directly out of the building. This was very bad. Roman Reigns is back in the office, this time with Sami Zayn. Reigns asked Sammy about what Jay said, and Sammy said Kevin Owens came to talk to him and told Sammy that he should turn on the bloodline before the bloodline turn on him. Sammy said the bloodline is his family, and he's with them 100%. Roman and Sammy then hug it out to end the segment. The triple threat was up next for the U.S. title. It wasn't one of the matches I was looking forward to. I just had a hard time getting into it because the babyface in this match was never clearly identified. Based on crowd response, I suppose it would be Seth by default, but Seth still acts like a heel, even though he gets a babyface reaction. Both Rollins and Lashley end up clotheslining Theory right out of the ring, and then they go at it one-on-one -on -one for a bit. Theory comes back and attacks both guys with the seal steps, and Cole notes that the match is no disqualification, which isn't something you should need to say while the match is already in progress. There was a nice exchange of moves between Rollins and Theory, and the crowd was solidly behind Seth. I mean, this guy is over, no question about it. Seth delivered a tope con giro to both guys on the floor. There was a good spot where Lashley had Seth in the hurt lock, while Theory jumped on Lashley's back and applied a sleeper, so basically a two-for-one submission. The end came when Seth leapt off of Theory's back to deliver stomp to Lashley. He then delivered a superplex to Theory and was about to float over into a Falcon Arrow, but as soon as he loaded up Theory, Lashley speared him. 
Lashley's own momentum ended up taking himself out to the floor, and Theory actually landed on top of Seth for the pin, so we have a new U.S. champion with a very creative finish. We'll see where they go with Theory from here, but hopefully it ends up better than his last run. Before the men's war games match starts, Jey Uso catches up with Roman in the office. Roman tells him that he spoke with Sammy just like he said he would, and Sammy is given his word that he won't betray the bloodline. And with that, we had the men's war games match featuring the bloodline team of Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, the Usos, and the honorary Us, Sami Zayn, against the team of Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch, the Brawling Brutes, along with Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. It was kind of weird that the babyfaces had the numbers advantage in this match, but I guess they didn't want to be too predictable and wanted to avoid having the same booking as the women's match. Jey Uso started in the ring with Butch, and Butch immediately went for joint manipulation, which makes me cringe every time. Rich Holland joins the match next. He was supposed to be followed by Jimmy Uso and the opposing team, but Roman stops Jimmy before he enters, and he orders Sami Zayn to the cage instead. Sami waits for Jey to get back up before finally getting in. There was one spot where Holland charged at Jay, but Sammy pulled Jay out of the way and Holland ate some cage. Drew came out next for his team, followed by Jimmy, who started bringing tables into the ring, and my eyes started to roll. Sammy goes to set one of the tables up, but Jay shoves him out of the way and says he's got it. So Sammy and Jay get into each other's faces, only for Jimmy to get between them. KO comes out next and starts throwing chairs into the ring. And then we had a confrontation between Owens and Zayn, but Holland attacked Zayn before Owens could do anything. KO put Jimmy through a table with a belly-to-back suplex. Solo came out next and went at it with Owens. Owens threw Solo headfirst into the cage a couple of times, but it didn't seem to phase him. He responded with a back body drop to KO onto the steel platform. Sheamus was the final entrant on the babyface side. Sammy met him at the cage door and tried to keep it shut, but Sheamus forced it open. Roman came out last and started delivering uppercuts to all the babyface guys. The faces regained control and all delivered the beats of the Baudrin into the chests of all the heels. Sheamus drilled Solo with a bro kick, but Roman immediately speared him, only for Butch to break the pin. Jay tried to superkick Butch, but missed and accidentally hit Sammy. The Usos then delivered a 1D to Butch off the top rope. Meanwhile, Roman speared Holland through a corner table, and Solo put Drew through another table with the spinning Solo. Terrible name for that move. KO eventually started building momentum. He hit the pop-up powerbomb on Roman, and then a stunner, and just like it looked like he had victory well in hand, he's confronted by Zayn. Jimmy tries to superkick Owens, but KO catches his foot. However, the momentary distraction allows Zayn to nail KO with a low blow, Zayn then looked a bit conflicted, but then hit Owens with a huluva kick in the corner. He then looked at Jay and basically presented KO as a sacrifice, and Jay finished him off with a top rope splash for the final three count. After the match, Roman embraced Sammy with a hug, and then Jay and Sammy finally hugged as well. I thought this was great. Fantastic booking of the main event, and I'm very curious to see what they do next. Well, there you have it. Survivor Series turned out to be a pretty decent show. I will be previewing the ROH Final Battle event and NXT Deadline next weekend. But for now, I leave you with an A, B, C, yuck.